So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you for being here, for listening, for caring enough about your business uh, to dedicate time to educating yourself. That is what we are about at the Six Figure Photography Podcast is uh, it's, it's how do you grow your business? It's really it. It's just like we're here to help you as creatives grow your business. And so uh, we've been at this for a little while and it's been a lot of fun. And I just wanted to thank, I want to thank like the long time listeners, by the way, if you've been listening to the podcast, here's my, I have a, I have a call to action. All right. If you've been listening to this podcast uh, from like episode one, from like, man, when did I start this thing? 2014, 15, I don't know, something like that. If you've been listening from day one, can you do me a favor? I want to know who you are. I'd love to give you a little shout out. And I would love if you could send me a DM on the gram. Uh, wow, that's, I, I felt really weird saying on the gram. That felt real, <laughs> that felt real tchotchke of me. Anyhow, shoot, shoot me a DM on Instagram uh, at jbenhartley. And I'd love to just say thank you if you've been listening all the way back. Now, if you're a new listener, like 2018, 2019, or beyond, and you've managed to listen to every episode, also send me a DM because I'd love to say thank you. You guys, uh, today's a special episode. I've been trying to get my friend and partner Ben Adams on this show for a long time. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's taken what, I don't know, six, seven years. And, and he's finally agreed, uh, mostly because I just sprung it on him, to join me on today's episode. And so today, you guys, I have Ben Adams with me. Before I introduce Ben, I want to introduce what we're going to be talking about, why you should be listening to today's episode. So today, we're talking all about studio space, right? So this could be a photography space to actually be having photography sessions. It could be a consultation space to meet with new leads, meet with couples. It could be a place to do in-person sales, but I want to talk all about this idea and this desire that we have as creatives to have our own space. And what happens if you don't have your own space? What happens if like this is not possible? You guys, for us, it wasn't possible for years while we were full-time photographers. We were running out of our home. What, like, what do you do if 
you're going to operate your space out of your home or if you don't want to. That's not something you're interested in because you've got kids or family or I don't know. There's so many conversations that we get to have around this. And we've been on a journey since 2010 of solving this problem. Nearly every year of our business, we've had to come up with a new solution to what on earth we were going to do with operating our business. And so... Since Ben Adams has been with me since like nearly the very beginning, there was a couple of years that I was hustling with my wife, just us two peaches, just kicking it in Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, but uh, other than that, Ben's been with me from the start and he, we've troubleshooted this year after year. And so we want to take you guys back in time. We're going to do a little, we're going to do a trip down memory lane and, and kind of view all of the spaces that we've been in, all of the troubles that we had to overcome and talk about how you can take all this information, learn from all our mistakes and, and our successes and wins, and, and give you some other ideas that we've seen um, really smart creatives uh, do to solve this problem. So I got Ben Adams with me. You guys, before I throw the mic over to Ben, let me tell you about this kid. Ben Adams, he's been with me since 2012. That's like eight years of putting up with, <laughs> with me, <laughs> which is incredible. And that is a gift, man. This guy is one of the most um, faithful, uh, trustworthy, man of integrity um, individuals. He's so incredible. He is a I was going to say so incredibly creative, but really he's so incredibly ambitious. And and when creativity was what he needed to be, he was ambitious enough to pursue what does that look like to flex that muscle and to develop it to the point that you guys, Ben, ben Adams, is, he is like the head photographer at Stone Story. Like, He's a better photographer than me, and that really pains me to say we're actually submitting for the uh, Fearless Photography competition right now. We're selecting images, and um, <laughs> it's so fun to just see, like, the more or less the student back in, you know, 2012 become, like, the, the teacher, become the master. I love it. Um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm so thankful for this guy, and I'm excited to introduce you to another Ben. You guys... Here's Ben Adams. How you doing, Ben? Good, man. That was that was the nicest thing you've ever said to me right there. I, I love it, man. Um, it's it's been quite the journey since 2012. Um, we we've grown up a little bit. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves. We've grown up a little bit. I uh, I was just a little a little boy in Bowling Green, um, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, uh, and and I found you. Uh, I found you. I always joke. People ask me where we found each other, and I tell them Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> which is Tinder wasn't even around then, and I wouldn't have been searching for you. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so tell us about your current role here at Style and Story, and then even just like about yourself, about your life, your family. Give yeah. people a little bit of a rundown. Yeah, of course. So um, I am married. I have a wife, Lacey. Uh, we've been married now for almost six years. Uh, we just had a daughter, 15. I say we just. It's been 15 months yeah. ago. It's crazy how fast it goes. I have little Ruby Jo. Um, she is incredible. She has changed everything about about me, my thoughts, my goals. Um, I'm so blessed to, to have my two girls in my life. Um, here at Style, my my role has evolved over the years. I've mm -hmm. always kind of been whatever you needed to me to be or whatever the studio needed to be. I've made it happen. And if I wasn't talented at whatever we needed me to be talented at, I just worked hard and tried to become as talented or uh, as I could at, at, at the roles. Um, but yeah, I uh, I mean, I started out, I was mainly just a, a head shooter. Mm -hmm. um, just 
was doing a lot of shooting, really perfecting my craft, really perfecting my uh, my IPS sales, my consultation meetings. Um, and then it transitioned into a role of less shooting and more of managing um, style um, and really allowing you to, to focus up on, on your community mm-hmm. and the six-figure community. So I really transitioned to more of the consultations um, and at booking lots of weddings. And so I, I can't say I'm near master at consultations these days of solely because of how many I've had the honor to do. I, I was talking to another photographer recently and she asked how I've gotten so good. And I said, well, I've probably done 150 consultations the, like, the, at last least. Year, last, last year. year yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's like, you, you better be good when you have that much practice. Um, and so, yeah, man. It's cool. I love it, dude. Uh, well, we should we should jump right into kind of going all the way back. Let's throw it back, dude. So again, the the real the real conversation here is there are so many photographers, and and maybe it's not even photographers. I, I just think that there is this burden that we place on ourselves as a business owner that goes something along these lines: that my success will be um, you know materialized when I've made it. And for many people, making it is like having a space, having a sign on a door, having that dedicated, like I'm out of the house, I'm now, I've made it, you know, like I'm full time, I have my own space. And I I think that is, I say burden intentionally because I think it's an unnecessary, um, uh, like a check point that, yeah. that is not in a determining factor of your success. I want you guys to hear, please, if you don't have a meeting space, if you don't have a space to do in-person sales, IPS, that you can still be in immeasurable success, a, a, a force to be reckoned with. It has no bearing on uh, the quality of your work, the quality of your brand, your business, or your success as, as a business owner. We, I mean, don't you see this in the, I just, as I counsel other photographers, I just constantly hear that notion yeah. of like, I, I just need that space. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I even remember me before I met you, I, I always was so disappointed because I didn't have a space. I thought I needed that to become successful. And that is the complete opposite of what we've learned throughout this process is that you don't need that space. Yeah. It's one of those vanity metrics, you know, it's like the vanity metric of, and I've, listen, I say vanity metric because I've seen photographers go out, they, they run rush to get a space to, and then they're stuck with overhead and they're stuck with these giant monthly bills. Um, and, and, but the, you know, on the Facebook and on Instagram, it's this vanity metric of like, it's this perceived success. Now this isn't, by the way, this isn't everybody, this isn't all the time, but I just want to encourage you guys. It's not always as it seems when you see people out there with amazing spaces, there's such a burden that comes with it, which brings me back to how we originally started. I think (laughs) when we started in 2010, we're going to take you guys year by year, kind of what things looked like. We were... I think that was one of the things that I I already surrendered to. Like, obviously, my dream was to have a space someday, right? And uh, it was a great desire of mine. And yet I immediately surrendered to, like, that that wasn't in my cards. (laughs) In 2010, this was the year my wife and I got married. Listen, guys, the year my wife and I got married, uh, we, listen, she just graduated college. So we had student loans from her, from myself. Um, I was in full-time ministry, and I've said this before, but when you do ministry right, it's not the most lucrative thing. (laughs) It's just, like, not. 
then on top of it, I graduated with a degree in oil painting. And oil painting here in the Midwest in Ohio, it's it's not gonna really do the best to pay the bills for most people. And so you know, we're looking at student loans, we're looking at ministry, we're looking at my degree in oil painting. Um, and so like that wasn't in our cards, really getting one of the most affordable one bedroom apartments in Bowling Green, Ohio, that was about it for us. That was what was in our cards. And that's exactly what we did. And we started our business that way, just running my wife and I out of our one bedroom apartment. And so year one, it was having our meeting space being also our living room. Now, Ben, my guess is for the first couple uh, years here, I'm going to have a lot more to say than you. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> you weren't in that space. I didn't know you at Where this point. were you in 2000? What were you doing in 2010? I lived at the Enclave in Bowling Green, Ohio. So I actually wasn't far from you. Yeah. In 2010. Were you, were you a student then? Yeah. Okay. I was a student living at the Enclave. Wow. So good. With my three roommates. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be an episode for another podcast. Yes. Yeah, no. And so, um, so my wife and I, uh, we quickly outgrew that. So we stayed there for one year and we did consultations in our, our meeting. Our, I'm sorry. We did consultations in our um, uh, living room, which was pretty much the room. <laughs> it was like the only room of the apartment. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the interesting things about when you're having your meeting space also be your living space. We'll kind of unpack that a little bit. But that was one of the first challenges that my wife and I had was we have so little space. Where do we store gear? Where do we store all of our client stuff, our, our books and our albums? And, and then also how do we have a, a space in our home that is both a living space and also a meeting space. So we quickly outgrew that. And in 2011, we stayed in, um, it was called Stadium View. There was no view of the stadium, by the way. Um, but we upgraded to a two bedroom because at this point, year one was gear, gear uh, acquiring year. And so we bought so much stuff that by 2011, we needed a two bedroom apartment just so that way the second bedroom could be full of all of the equipment that I stuff. Uh, the accumulated stuff that I just kept bringing home and buying. Ben, ben still brings things home all the time. <laughs> this is, this, you guys actually, well, this will be fun. You know, we just recently got uh, a new space, which is partly why this is on my mind, but the degree of, of things that we had to get rid we of accumulated so much stuff over the years. It was wild. So, you know, year two is really similar, Ben, but we had just a a two-bedroom apartment, which is a little bit more realistic. Now, from there, we're going to fast forward to moving to a new city, and it was this year in 2013 that we decided we were going to go all in full-time. For the first two years of our business, when we were operating out of my um, one-bedroom apartment and then the two-bedroom in Bowling Green, you know, I was working full-time, Leslie was working full-time while we were building the business. And we decided, you know, it's a great idea. Let's quit our day jobs and up and move to a brand new city the exact same time. Very logical. It seemed to make sense <laughs> to me. And so 2013, we, uh, Leslie and I, we quit our day jobs. We moved to a new city that we'd never photographed a wedding in. And, uh, and we set up our now third office space. And um, this one was really fun. This was a space that was once again... An apartment. <laughs> Have you noticed the theme here? We, we looked at the rent in Columbus, and it was about triple what it was in um, Bowling Green. And we realized, okay, once again, we are going to just go with running our business out of an apartment. Um, we, at this point, had uh, brought Ben on. 
And so, Ben, you were living in Bowling Green. Yeah. And then you were commuting up. Can you talk about that journey of coming over to the, the farms? The farms. Is the third yeah, no, I love the farms. Uh, you had all these big windows set up with the IMAX everywhere. Ikea um, desks Ikea galore. Ikea desks. A, a view out into the pond. It was yes. stunning. Um, but, yeah, so Lace and I were still in Bowling Green and about to get married. And so we would commute up to Columbus every weekend mm-hmm. and, and stay at the farms. Um, and, and Ben was very kind. One day we were up there and he's like, you know what? We're going to go get you guys a premium air mattress for you guys. Cause we're up so, so frequently. What store did we buy this air mattress from? Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ben went out and bought the, what do we call it? The, so no, it was not even what we, we called call it. Oh, was it? It was, it was actually called the official branded name. I, just to be clear, this was the most expensive air mattress I could find. That, was, that Walmart okay. sold. <laughs> okay. Not that you could find. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. But it was the Skyloft. The be, Skyloft. This thing sat three feet up into the... It was... you. If you fell off this air it mattress... It would hurt. It would hurt. It would hurt. So yeah, Ben Ben bought the Skyloft for us. And uh, I would... Uh, we would come up every weekend and sometimes during the week to hold meetings in Ben's apartment um, with him just living his life in this apartment. Yep. Now this, um, this was where we did something interesting at this point point you guys we actually hired an office manager and this is the crazy thing so our office manager worked out of our apartment so we hired uh um it started out we had a couple different office managers but it started off um we had uh, a girl Madeline and she would come over to our apartment um, and our second again two bedroom apartment the second bedroom the closet was stored of gear but uh, Madeline had her own like office that she would go in there and um, she would help email couples. She would help reach out to vendors here in the, in the city. She would help plan styled sessions. She would help submit to publications, um, uh, create backlinks for us. And so it, this was a, a, really, this was like the first step of us feeling like, Honestly, at that point, our home was more of an office than oh, it was absolutely. a home. The only part that was like really Leslie and Mai's home was our bedroom. So we lived out of the bedroom and then we'd open the door from our bedroom and we would come to work, which was... And there I would be sleeping on the, <laughs> on the air mattress. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and I remember when you looked around the apartment, you know, really... All of the artwork in our apartment was client artwork. Mm-hmm. And, like our decor yeah. was client work. It was canvases of couples kissing over <laughs> skylines, you know. And I, and uh, that's how we did it. Um, and then, well, then things got real for Leslie and I because it was at our third studio, the Farms, that uh, we found out. Leslie and I found out that Leslie was was pregnant. We were going to have our first kid. This was B, our daughter B. And so we realized, well, this isn't going to work. We need to come up with a new solution. We need to troubleshoot this thing again because the current living situation of having about a, you know, a 200 square foot area that was our bedroom <laughs> being where we lived and then the rest being our, um, the studio space, it just wasn't going to cut it. And so we moved. All right. So at this point then, we headed off to once again a new 
apartment. <laughs> no, no, no. It was an upgrade. It was a townhouse. It was, it was was a, it, would you call it a townhouse? I don't know. It, it was an apartment. It was an apartment. <laughs> a townhouse apartment, whatever you want to say, but maybe it, maybe that's the official verbiage. So 2014 now, we upgraded because we're now expecting a child. Maybe you were late to this. Maybe you have a kid of your own. You are expecting. And what I've just described for the first three years of business of just like a single one-bedroom, two-bedroom, uh, single-floor apartment wouldn't work for you. You've got kids. You've got toys everywhere. And so we realized that was going to be us. And so Ben's right. It was a townhouse. What we looked for at this point was we looked instead of a single floor apartment, we looked for a multi-level space that we could essentially operate our studio on one floor of the apartment or townhouse. And then we could live on the other floor. And, um, and so, oh my goodness, should we talk about the, the dope space? That we oh, were, we forgot yeah. about that yeah. one. Vetro loss. The Vetro. Okay, Vetro real. Loss. Oh my goodness, this is wild. You guys, before we found out that we were having B, uh, that's that's our daughter. Um, we actually had already decided we were going to upgrade our space, and we found the dopest <laughs> space called the Vetro Lofts in downtown. Ben, describe the Vetro Lofts oh, in as much detail as you could Vetro describe. Gloss, Make this man. as sexy as possible because it <laughs> I mean, was. You're, you're, you're looking like I mean at least fifteen foot ceilings that were the whole one wall was glass as yes. windows that you would look on out really cool concrete floors um there was like a loft upstairs it felt it felt like a studio yes. it actually was gonna be the first time we were like this is it this is this yep. is the people are gonna book us now officially <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was 2013 and we were like this is the time that we're gonna actually get our space mm-hmm. i mean again it was so industrial there was no doors anywhere so it was like this open floor concept um it, oh it, it was, was so cool it was incredible we put three thousand dollars down <laughs> and then we found out we were having our daughter and then my wife looked at me in the face and she says i am not going to have uh be no in this space. and by the way that made it sound like that was leslie putting her foot no, down no. i probably looked at leslie being like you are not <laughs> going to have our daughter here where i there was again not the safest environment yeah literally it was like made of steel concrete and like nails it was so industrial and there was no doors anywhere and we had this it was a really sad time actually i had to kind of get over this dream that just died right there that i was like we we can't do this uh, so we lost our deposit and then we moved to, we, we came up with a, a plan. Yep. If we can split, if we can get a, an apartment, a townhouse that is multiple levels, we can run the business out of, let's say the first floor, right? When clients first come in, they can stay on that first floor. And then Leslie and I can raise our daughter, uh, upstairs more or less. We can create separation for the home. Yeah. And so we found a place, Brooklyn's drive. Yep. We found a place in Brooklyn's. Brooklyn's man. And, um, and this is where we kind of set up our new shop. Now, what I just described, my guess is that you pictured this amazing first floor that you'd walk in and there'd be at least 500 square feet, maybe 1,000 square Bunch feet of windows. on the first floor windows that then would lead to stairs in the back that would go up and then there'd be like a, a living space that would have the kitchen and everything else. Uh, well, it, it wasn't exactly that. Not quite. <laughs> what we could afford at the time 
was a, a, a split level, like we just said, but you walked in and you had about a 10 foot by 10 foot room. <laughs> it was like enough for like a, a decent sized desk. Yeah. Like, yeah. you there, know, and a couple of chairs. Exactly. We, we could only, we couldn't even fit a couch in it. No. So we fit, <laughs> we fit three chairs. So two chairs for our clients, one chair for us, kind of caddy corner to that. Little chairs. Small. They're dining room chairs, actually. They were like the fancier dining room chairs. Small chairs. We could fit it a, a single 55 inch TV in it and then in between there was a small coffee table um and so that 10 foot by 10 foot space became our new meeting area now where did ben and i work in the meantime well thankfully we found a place that had a connected garage right out back and so premium a garage premium garage so what we did was we shut that garage door i went out to home depot and i brought bought some some foam sealant, sealant. like <laughs> like the kind of foam sealant that it turns out when you go to leave in a year you can't get it off <laughs> but i digress we we spray foamed to insulate the garage we spray foamed that door like we went through multiple cans of this stuff and we didn't get our our deposit we back we did not <laughs> get the deposit back we dextered up this thing i'm talking like plastic sheets to it we taped up also to try to insulate it we rolled out carpet that my father my father-in-law Leslie's dad he is a he's a, a general contractor he does luxury homes and so he ripped out some <laughs> i laughed just saying this shit he ripped out some carpet from a home and he gave it to me so we rolled out carpet in the garage um we painted the the one drywall blue, the one that wasn't uh, the um, cinder block. We printed the one drywall uh, section, uh, this nice, like, rich navy blue. Um, oh, yeah. And we had a couple, we put a couple stripes in it. Remember, we there was did, like two oh, white stripes. We did, in these, it, we did these stripes because it felt very J. Crew, was what I was thinking. <laughs> It felt so like na- like um, like a sailor like nautical. Yeah, yeah, it was nautical. A, it was like 100%. navy stripes, navy, and then like white stripes. It yeah, was very man. nautical, very um, tropical. <laughs> and we made it through a winter. Um, oh. It was funny. Ben would bring in his space heaters, be, and we would have to we would have to fight back the fr- the ice that would <laughs> come through ice. the bottom of the garage that wouldn't seal correctly. It was like like the winter was coming, and every day that we would come into the office, the the like the frost. And the ice would creep out from the underneath the. It reminded me of the day after tomorrow. Remember that movie a long time ago? Yeah, the, yeah. The ice that always would like come into the buildings. That was our office space in the mornings, yep. and we had to push it back. We, so we'd set up heaters to kind of push that. Oh yeah. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S. T.O. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, This is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, They make like like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. 
You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing, too, is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. Do you remember when you started your photography business? Like it was no small feat. It took late nights. It took early mornings. It took the occasional all-nighter. Bottom line, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little bit easier? Uh, our friends at FreshBooks, they have the solution. So FreshBooks is invoicing and accounting software, and it is designed specifically for small business owners, not like massive shops, small business owners. It is simple, it's intuitive, and it keeps you way more organized. Uh, well, then uh, for me, it's, it's like the bottom drawer of like my Ikea furniture, but maybe you're like the shoebox kind of person with the crumbled receipts. Either way, with FreshBooks, you create and send professional-looking invoices in like 30 seconds tops, and then you get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. File expenses even quicker and keep them perfectly organized for tax time, which is my biggest downfall is that organization for tax time. And here's the best part. With FreshBooks, it grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who have used FreshBooks. There's a 30-day free trial. There's no catch. There's no credit card required. 30 days free. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash photography. Freshbooks.com forward slash photography and enter six-figure photography. And how did you hear about us? That's the little section there. How did you hear about us? Six-figure photography. You guys, at this point... Let's hop back to the show. So this is how we ran things. And you guys, can I tell you, we made some of our biggest sales to date yeah. operating out of that 10 foot by 10 foot yeah. space. Ben Adams, you did an over uh, $8,000 print yep. sale. I did. I did. And I didn't have to sleep on the mattress, air mattress anymore. So the perk of it is I rented then an apartment right next door to Ben. Mm -hmm. And so I would wake up in the morning, grab my cereal and walk on over to the garage. (laughs) Now it was at this time that things begin to ramp up for us. Mm -hmm. You know, we had been in business now for four years. Two of them were full. uh, One of them was full time. It was 2014 and we began to hire. And so at that point, um, it was just you, me and Leslie, yeah. but we brought on a videographer yep. and we, um, brought on another photographer and we looked at our space. Once again, we were all in the garage <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've got like the newer, the employee you were, you had to be near the ice. And so if you're new, you were like touching ice. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. And so we looked around and we realized, well, we were only there for one year, Ben. Uh, we realized it was time that we needed to get a larger space. Um, to actually uh, hold the team of five yeah. at this point, right? Yep. You, me, uh, yeah, yeah, videographer, the photographer, uh, Leslie. Yeah, there's five yeah, of us. Five. And so this was when we, uh, 2015, we moved into our first out-of-home space. Now, I want to describe to you guys our first out-of-home space because uh, – once again, while we were out of our home, we looked at amazing um, properties. We looked at amazing studio spaces that, that have everything that a photographer would want. Wood floors, you know, great, amazing window light coming through, large enough space to, honestly, the space wouldn't even be it. I just wanted wood floors and windows, my man. That's it. And we looked at some incredible options. We toured a number of facilities, but every time quotes came back, it was two grand, three grand, 1,500, 4,000. And it, you know, we knew we wanted to stay lean. And not only that, but the leases that we were getting offered were three-year so leases, five-year leases. And for us, we wanted to stay on our toes. We knew that we were growing. We knew that, you know, change has always been a part of our strategy is we want to be able to change and seek after change. And so honestly, I think it was the long leases as well that just... That's they, the scariest part. We don't want to commit to that long. Absolutely. And so we found a space, you guys, unlike any real like photography space, we uh, discovered a building that was uh, the or, like original AOL office building. This building is massive. It's like a... Oh, there's like five wings. There's yes. like five buildings in the building. Imagine like Amazon, like what do you imagine an Amazon building would be? And then go back to the 70s, put in a shit ton of uh, cubicles and drop ceilings. And purple carpet. Purple, <laughs> teal, purple and teal, teal carpet. Ones, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was what we found. Um, but we found an incredible, I mean, we were in this space, get this, you guys, the reason that we moved into this space was we were able to get into this building, uh, with, and pretty much given our run, like they were like, listen, you can have whatever space you want really. So we kind of took our claim to about 3000 square feet <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and oh, give or take. And, um, they're like, cool. Uh, let's just do $300 a month, <laughs> including utilities. It didn't even make sense. And so we, um, we really, we made that space our own. We did. For, for five years, uh, we operated out of that building. Now, every year, they dramatic, they would pretty much double our rent every year. Until last year, they tripled it, yeah. uh, which was a fair, seeing as the original rate was um, irresponsibly low. Um, but that's where we operated out of, and it was the first time that we had our own space. Yeah. And uh, it was it was rough though. Oh yeah, it wasn't ideal. It was the purple carpet and the teal carpet was still there. And we had to the drop ceilings. Uh, when mean, clients would arrive, they didn't know where to park. They didn't know where a building, like the entrance was. We had to like walk them up through this more or less vacant building. It was kind of scary at night. Like oh, so, I was terrified at night. Yeah, any door you could open, <laughs> who knows where it would lead, <laughs> right? Or you'd what you'd find exactly. But we had space. We had separation, and that was really important because. Um, you know, my daughter was, was arrived now and thank goodness. This was also at the time that we find out that my wife and I now are going to have twins. 
And so now we're discovering we got two more children on the way, and it was really perfect timing to finally be out of a space uh, where Leslie now could have a home for all three kids uh, and a separation for us to kind of run things. Well, this brings us all the way up to 2019. We operated out of that space, and there's there's so many transitions along the way that I'm going to bo- like skip the boring details. Sure. Um, but you know, growing that space, shrinking it down, acquiring we moved dif- we moved yeah. to different wings and areas of the building, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we made it work. Yeah, we really did. We we took what we we had and we put some money into it and and made it look. Cute. It was cute. It was cute. It, it was, no, it wasn't even cute, it was cute yeah. It was doable. It was doable. And so all the way up, I mean, that's where we were all, all the way up until like this week, 2020. Uh, we find out January 2020, the building tells us, guys, you got to get out. Somebody bought the building, and uh, no surprise to anyone, they're going to demo it. Oh, my gosh. Totally needed. They're going to tear this thing down and rebuild a new building. Thank goodness. And um, so Ben and I, we got to work to find a new space. And uh, I'm going to post some photographs for you guys in the show notes so you can see our space. But um, we now finally have a space that has wood floors and 15-foot tall ceilings with three giant windows that overlook downtown. And I'm so excited to oh, say I'm that. I'm so proud of this space. <laughs> but can I tell you guys something? Notice we started in 2010, and it is now 2020. And all along the way, we've been booking $10,000 weddings. We've been booking, last year, out of the janky space, we booked you know just under 90 weddings. Uh, doing ten thousand dollar print sales, and it is not like we've been a le- we've been a legit studio. Oh, absolutely, killing it, completely dominating the market here, and it w- hasn't been for ten years that we have our space. Now, I just I, I want you guys to really zone in on that for a second because once again, how did I start this episode? The the space that you have does not determine the the success uh, that that you are as a small business owner, as a photographer, as a solopreneur. I need you guys to hear that. It is a vanity metric. It is really cool. It's awesome. Sure, can you, like, is it, is it, potentially better yes but like i don't know what's like what is the the law of diminishing returns what's the roi really of it and it's hard to put a number on that when you can make so many other alternatives work and i want to talk about some of those things this is a really fun journey for us to kind of walk you guys through but i'd love to share some ideas and some things that we've learned along the way that that may help you out right so uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about if you are in that space where operating out of your home is a real possibility. You know, like maybe that's something that you hadn't considered and, or, or it didn't seem as realistic. But as you listen to this, you're like, maybe I could do it. Maybe you could. So maybe we can walk through some of the, the challenges that you have to overcome when you decide to operate the studio out of your home. Sure. Um, Ben, I mean, do you, what comes to mind first and foremost for you when, yeah. when you're doing that? I think the the first thing was, at least in Brooklyn's, and I guess at the farms as well, both apartments, is the size of the space. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in a 10 by 10 room, and you can only put so much artwork up in a 10 by 10 room. Yep. Because people buy what they see. Yep. I mean, whatever you show is what people are going to buy. Uh, and so it's definitely limiting yes. to what you could put up. But it's like you just we had to be so extremely intentional Mm -hmm. about what we wanted to sell because of the space that we had. Absolutely. And so what we chose to do in that time was we only had one piece of artwork up on that wall. 
but it was the biggest damn canvas. It was a 10 foot by 10 foot room. And I kid you not, literally, canvas. that canvas was nine feet long. It like touched each side yeah. of the wall. <laughs> well, just the very, we had barely. six inches on the yeah, other side. Barely. You know, that's what she said. So it was nine feet long. And so uh, this is going to be fun. I haven't been on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so nine, so the biggest canvas and then albums, we didn't have storage. And so we had a album that we yeah. would walk couples through. Right. So one piece of wall art, you're right. I mean, the minimalism of that. Yeah. Now, when we were at previously, when we were in a shared space the decision really for us was to put up decoration in our home that we felt good enough about that it worked as both client kind of space. Uh, client d- decor options that they could buy, but also it was stuff that we liked. You know, yeah. we take great pictures, so they were they tended to be a little bit more um, fine art pieces, a little bit more like um, wide shots, cityscapes, landscapes, small couples. You know, it's like giant scene, little people. <laughs> um, that's what we put up in our home, so that way it, it fit for the couples. They could see artwork that they could envision themselves in and purchase. But then also, you know, I didn't have Debbie and Jason's face, you yeah. know, blowing up right in my living. Always room. one of the clients that think that was me in the silhouette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big one. I think another issue um, for operating at your home, and I've heard this expressed, is safety. Yeah. You know, I think that um, there's a lot of, of photographers out there that are um, single parents. You know, maybe you're a single mom who's like, you've got kids in another room and, and it, it, it doesn't feel safe. And to that, I I would agree. If you don't feel safe, then follow your gut on that. Um, you have a couple options. And uh, one you know, could be uh, trying to find childcare to line up. Now, I, even as I say that, I'm, like, I literally rolled my eyes because of uh, the situation that a single parent is in. To try to find more childcare is just oh. such another burden. One thing that we've kind of found that it can potentially be an option is to find maybe another parent, another friend and to kind of swap services. So maybe there's one day a week that you watch their kid for them. And you know that that is not a day that you're taking on client meetings. And then maybe there's another day a week that they watch your kid with theirs, you know? Um, and that may be a way to, um, uh, kind of pull that off when things are tight and, and you can't just go willy nilly go like get more childcare. Um, but I just want you guys to hear, you know, if you feel unsafe in your home, I don't think that that's a great move. I, I think that your home is a space that you should always feel safe in. And so, you know, for myself, you know, even just honestly, just being a guy, I never had that that concern sure. really you know, I agree. and not only that but like ben you were also right next door to me we were yeah. doing meetings side by side and so you know for us i think we were a little bit of an anomaly uh in that regard and so i just want you to hear that you know don't feel like you've got to do it that way if you don't feel safe bringing people into your home then my encouragement is then don't yeah don't do it and don't do it yeah it's a sacred space it really should be yeah. um so then, uh, well, maybe you're thinking, well, shit. <laughs> Where do I go then? <laughs> yeah. What do I do? How, so I, I don't want to have people into my own space. So let's talk about some options that you have, um, for some alternatives for if you don't want to have people over to your home, maybe what else could you do? Where else could you hold consultation meetings at? Yeah. Um, 
Ben, drop maybe one one idea in mind of anything that comes, and we'll just kind of go back and forth and talk about some different ideas that you could do, hopefully on the cheap, right? Yeah. Because my guess is if you had the money, you just go rent a space. Sure. But let's say you don't have people over to your home, and you don't have the cash flow to go get the overhead of a monthly rental. Yeah, absolutely. So I know one of the, the obvious ones everybody talks about is coffee shops. Mm-hmm. And I have mixed feelings about coffee shops. It's a great solution. I've met with people in coffee shops, um, but you can't control a whole lot in coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe trying to find a coffee shop that has a, a nook or like a cranny somewhere, even the coffee shop near our new space here kind of has this back, like against the back wall, there's this little nook. And we actually had to do a couple meetings, mm-hmm. uh, phone calls uh, from that space. And I had been, when I saw you the one day, you like made your way back to your little nook and cranny. Um, and so but it is a, it is a great solution. Though. I mean, it is. If you don't have a space to go, a coffee shop is, is a great space to go. One of my favorite spots that I love is going to the couple's venue. Mm. Yeah. I think I think that's so good. Meeting at the venue, whether it's a hotel um, or reaching out to the venue and saying, "Hey, I have a client that has already hired you guys." Like, and I love to come meet with them there. Yeah. I think that's a great solution. And, and even in hotels, because we do a lot of weddings at like the venues, some of the nicer venues here in Columbus are hotels. There's so many. I think about the Westin, Hilton, and and the places that we shoot the Joseph. There's so many great, quiet, smaller spaces that are just away. Because I feel yeah. like coffee shops are generally smaller and loud mm-hmm. because there's lots of people who are coming to meet whilst hotel lobbies are much quieter or areas and nooks and hotel lobbies um, are, are, are much more doable yeah um, and you can control the space a little bit more a little bit more private even yeah yep, I agree um, so I want to I want to go through those three that you just described coffee yeah. shop the the venue that maybe the couple is going to be, be getting married at that's be for wedding photographers you know portrait photographers maybe not as much sure. um, hotel lobbies is a great one in regards to coffee shop shops my encouragement is skip the chains so don't do starbucks you're almost guaranteed starbucks is going to have loud music and loud people a lot of people a lot of traffic to try to find something that is a little bit more i guess even more like personalized or niche or like um small town small town feel exactly that would be my advice something that you can almost um call your own in a way and build relationship with those people not that you can't build great relationships with starbucks in regards to venues this is actually one that i learned from my sister my sister um she's out in portland she's a florist heart floral incredible florist but you know she taught me this she's like listen as a florist i do all my meetings all my consultations at the venue because then you get to dream with them you get to kind of tour the space and dream up where things would be and the same thing is true with photography so not only does your your consultation there happen but then you also get to kind of like walk the grounds with that person you get to flex your authority a little bit and dream up some of the locations of like you could do amazing photographs here the way the light comes around this corner is just stunning and and kind of show off a little bit some of your expertise uh, as an expert (laughs) wow that was redundant (laughs) your expertise as an expert oh man i'm so good at this um and uh yeah so i just want to kind of hone in on that one uh as well and then the hotel lobby yeah ben i mean you find an amazing uh, if, if you have like a high-end hotel oh absolutely it, it can be such a great space uh, yeah. to do that and the nice thing a lot of, about those hotel lobbies a lot of the hotels at least that we work in have bars in the hotels so you can even you know drinks mm-hmm. coffees well um, and that takes me right to the next one which would be a restaurant yeah. you know we've done a number of consultations where we offer to take them out to dinner now 
this is it gets expensive because the dinner's on us, and so it's right a, off. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is, but it's only a partial tax write off. It's a client meal. Mm. Contact your 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 accountant. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so uh, yeah, you know, taking someone out to to a meal, maybe that's something that you do when it's like the right client that you really feel connected to them. On the same notion, maybe you just do. Uh, like you meet at a, at a at a bar, and maybe it's a nice restaurant that has a nice bar, and you just sit down for some wine, right? And so maybe if your meetings are in the evening, you do, um, hey, let's go meet here for wine. And if your meetings are in the morning to early afternoon, it's coffee shop. That's debatable. I could do wine in the morning, <laughs> depending <laughs> on the day, man. So let's go to let's, whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. Yeah. Um, okay, so the other one that I want to drop in, into your, your ears here is... Um, just a vendor relationship, just a vendor partnership to, if, you know, if you've been around for a little bit, there are people who have spaces that are, like, honestly for us, Ben, if we had so much square footage yeah. in our last space, if there would have been another, uh, vendor in the city that said, Hey, you guys, is there any chance that on Tuesdays between, you know, 10 and noon, um, I could potentially schedule meetings in this one area of your space and pay you guys, you know, $25 an hour or whatever. Who knows sure. what it was to be? I don't know. Like that we could have worked something out or maybe there's no payment agreement. Maybe it's like, Hey, um, I'd love to photograph headshots for you. I'd love to create a little sizzle video for you. I'd love to get some photographs of you working on the job. I'd love to create a, a social media catalog that you've got images to post to your Instagram for the next 30 days. Something like that. You could do a trade maybe to, uh, to have a shared space. You know, it's, it's yeah. not out of the question. It's something that you need to pursue and negotiate. Yeah. You don't ask; it'll never happen. It's a no. The worst they can say is no. It's a no. <laughs> um, there's there's a couple others that I have. One would be a co work space. You know, yeah. here in Columbus, we have a number of co work spaces, and this is a great opportunity. That's essentially it's just an hourly rental. So rather than doing like a studio that's going to be month to month or anything like that, you just hey, you've got a space that you can just kind of claim on an hourly basis. It tends to get a little expensive per hour, but it is. I mean, it's an sure. option. It's totally yeah. an option available if you have those. Uh, to you. Yeah. Another point onto that. One of our, our good friends, uh, DJ, uh, here in town just mentioned that he, he lives in a little bit of a smaller city outside of Columbus and his city actually has a co-op space available to small businesses in his small town. Mm. And so he gets a really, really good rate because of that, because they're trying to support small businesses. So even looking to, to uh, areas of, of your town or your cities um, to see if your city accommodates anything like that, because I didn't know that was a thing until, until our buddy told us about that. Yep, absolutely. Now, you know, even on this notion of trying to find a space. Actually, I got one more. Yeah. I just, this came out. So there's one more area. If you're not trying to actually get a rental space, listen, my very first consultation, you guys, all the way back 2010, Leslie was by my side. We did a consultation at the client's home. So you, in some situations, I think this makes sense, yeah. you know, to do reveals at a client's home makes yeah. a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, depending on how your business is set up and how you're marketing it and, and, and the relations that you have, potentially even meeting in a client home could work. I'm not saying that it is a good long-term solution. Sure. I think there's a lot of times that that's going to get shut down, yeah. um, but that's absolutely viable, which absolutely. actually, Ben, What's I that? just came up with another one. Bring I it. can't believe it. What you I got did. for us? Well, you guys, it's 2020, and there's this amazing thing called the internet. 
And so even just hosting potentially, if you needed to, Zoom online video meetings. Like there are times that we can't meet with a client because they live in Chicago or they live completely out of state or, you know, so uh, hopping on a, a Zoom meeting where they get to visually see you, yeah, um, it, it is a great option. And you don't have to do Zoom meetings if it's only if the client's like far away. Yeah. You could live down the street and maybe you don't have a space. And so you just offer the, hey, I'd love to hop on a Zoom yeah. meeting with you guys. I'll send you over a link uh, for it and I'll be able to walk you through everything. You know, like you could actually do it that oh, way. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things I really like about Zoom as well is um, in the past we did, we used to do phone calls. And what we do is we'd do the phone call and we'd send them our view book. Well, when they had our view book, I knew they were skipping ahead the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, you're already on like page 10. We're on page two. And so the nice thing about Zoom is what we do now is we can do a screen share so that I know they're following with our pace, which is very, very helpful with Zoom. Yep. Well, so as we're brains, really here, we're just going to continue to brain dump for you guys. What Ben and I are doing here is we're trying to offer solutions for you, um, give you ideas of things that, that can spark something uh, to give you a solution for how to operate your business. And, and so maybe you are at this place where you are looking, you know, like for a permanent air quotes, permanent space, something that's a little bit more fixed, at least for the next year. And you don't want to be doing a coffee shop. You don't want to be doing venues or meeting at their home or a restaurant. And so when it comes to getting a space, there's some really th like interesting things that you guys can do to, to think creatively. You know, again, our gut was we went downtown and we looked at these amazing storefronts with the big windows and the wood floors and, and that's cool. Um, but I want to give you guys maybe some ideas of things that you could begin to do that uh, potentially could um, turn up some interesting spaces uh, for a great price point. So the first is, once again, contacting um, someone and looking for a partnership or a trade, especially you guys. You know, like uh, these coffee shops and these restaurants and these buildings, there's always like second and third floors. And a lot of times the coffee shop will run out of the first floor, but they have like a second floor. They have a third floor. Like, what if you went in and you just asked, like, hey, I, I wanted to find out if there's any chance of, of me renting a space above you or doing a trade of service where I produce monthly content for you if you let me, like, use your space on the second floor. You know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. something along those lines. Getting creative about going into other businesses, potentially in a downtown area, yeah. on a main street, and seeing what is above these established businesses, established storefront businesses. Yeah. Um, What's another one you got? Yeah, another one. And again, it's what we did for the first handful of years. It is apartments. Mm. I mean, apartments, townhomes. Um, I think anymore, there's so many unique types of apartments too mm -hmm. in 2020. It's like everybody says everybody likes to rent. Renting is so popular these days. Um, and so just going out and looking and, and being creative and seeing what type of uh, space you need and finding find an apartment that would that would work for you you know whether you have a kid on the second third floor and we you work out of your garage yep. uh, or maybe it makes sense to have a, a single floor with a nice little pond view like you did at the farms for for that one year yeah and then the other one is just to look completely outside the norm like you guys we operated our business for five years out of the aol building america online <laughs> for five years right. so like to look outside of like yeah. I, I don't know what's back there let's go see or even like to contact maybe you maybe you're a part of a church maybe there's a space uh at the church or the church maybe knows of a space that there's yeah. some sort of partnership maybe you you know you do photos or videos for them and and they offer up a, a space like yeah. to think outside of you know a dedicated studio ben 
I'd love for you to take this home at the end because I'd love for you to, to, to ex tell the story of how we found the space that we are currently in. Oh, absolutely. we did all like the normal things. The research, working through realtors. I mean, we, we reached out to realtors. We looked on Craigslist because we knew we wanted to be up in Delaware. Um, we're up in this area, somewhere closer to home. Uh, and so what Ben and I did is one day we put our coats on on a winter day in January. That was, I guess, only two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, and we just started to walk the town. And we were looking in every window for signs for rent. We're looking. Uh, we walked into multiple businesses, like you mentioned, the coffee shop thing, and just asked them, like, hey, do you guys also have the space above you? Um, and it was kind of crazy because we, we generated this big list, we had this massive list of numbers from signs and ideas. And we called them all, and none of them were working out to, to what we wanted. Well, the very last space that we were going to look at, we looked at it and it was like, maybe doable. We were like, eh, I guess, you know, it's, it's okay. It's not what we were dreaming about. And I look across the road and there's a sign in a window that says apartment for rent. And I said, you know what? Maybe we get an apartment downtown Delaware and go back to the apartment life. Uh, and I called them and, and they didn't have, and, and the apartment was actually taken. And so I asked her, I said, ma'am, do you have any other spaces or any other contact information of, of, you know, this is what we're looking for. And she did. She actually had a space that they haven't rented out in a little while that needed an update and that they were willing to work with us potentially. And so she, she walked us across the street and we found home. Yeah. We found home. It, it was a space that wasn't even listed. You guys, it no. was like we, it came from an apartment, but just asking, continuing to dig and to ask. And so, uh, and when we walked in, it, it was it was rough. You'll see the you'll carpet, see the you'll see the fans, you'll see the gray trim, um, and and what we were able to turn it into uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah, but it was great. I mean, again, it's nothing crazy. I mean, yeah. we go back. Even, uh, actually, on that note, this is the when you when Ben says it's nothing crazy. We are currently in a 400 square foot space. So, yeah, it's I not mean, this huge. is one of the smaller spaces that that we've been in. Um, but the the big thing I, I want to touch on again is just overhead. I think that's the thing that we have done so well with is not having that massive overhead. And instead of having all that overhead in rent, we really use that money in other ways. Yes. Um, ben, why don't you tell them what we did just yesterday, what we ordered 12 of, oh, yeah. because we can. Yes, it's so true. And yeah. what that's going to do versus spending more, because uh, we looked, I mean, let's be real. When we started looking at spaces, we found a couple spaces that were two, $3,000 a month that looked really cool. And we're yeah. like, maybe we deserve it. We yeah. should, you know, maybe well, we should do it now. Like, and we do. We, and we, we could, could afford we it. We could. <laughs> we absolutely could do that. Um, but, you know, even just, it's, it's taking all of that overhead, all of that stuff, and then repurposing it towards client experience and vendor and experience. Yep. It's just relationships, relationships, relationships. So just yesterday we spent probably like four grand. We ordered like 12 uh, albums um, of all vendor work that we're going to be, you know, hand individually dropping off to, vendors, to all the vendors, all venues. The people, venues, vendors, all the people that we're in relationship with um, and, and just kind of pouring into them. And, and so it's, it's just allocating your resources um, without the vanity metric. It's, it's just kind of really thinking about what is going to give you the greatest ROI, yeah. you know? And so it, that's what you get to do. And again, you guys, like stay lean. My, my encouragement to you all, my plea is stay lean. Look for opportunities to change. Change has been our, our, our greatest strategy to date. And yep. so avoid the long-term commitments. Avoid the three, five-year leases. Um, honestly, we still to this day have never paid over $1,000. For rent. For rent, yeah. ever. 
right? It, for the last 10 years, which is insane based off of what we're pulling off. Oh, absolutely. You know, and so you guys, I, I hope that this journey, uh, us walking you through the stories that we were able to share, maybe it gave you a little spark. Maybe there's something that you can take away, a, an idea or a thought. Um, and what I want to encourage you guys to do is I'd love for you to share that. I have an, uh, this awesome community. It's called the Six Figure Photography Mastermind Community. It is a free community over on Facebook. And I want to invite you guys into that. Um, and so you can gain access to that by going to six figure photography, S I X six figure photography.com forward slash mastermind six figure photography.com forward slash mastermind. There's just a couple questions to answer in terms of what you're looking to learn, what kind of niche you're in and how you heard about the, the, the mastermind group. But I'd love for you to share in that mastermind group. If there was anything you took away from listening to this episode or, or honestly, Maybe you've got a question. Maybe something came up for you. Um, that's where Ben and I hang out. We are in that group and we are answering questions. And so maybe you're like, hey, Ben, we're thinking about this or this is what I'm doing or, or I don't know, you didn't answer this. Just ask in the group and we would love to talk to you guys there. Absolutely. I, I, I think that group is one of the most powerful groups. Uh, I may be biased because we started bit. it, but yeah. it's really, really good. And, and we show up on that group. Absolutely. Um, and we're going to answer any questions uh, that you have. We will Anything you need to know, we got for you guys. Just about anything. Just about anything. There's a <laughs> few guys, things. There's a few no. things that are off the dogs. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining this journey. And I cannot wait to say hi to you in the Six Figure Photography Mastermind Group. Until then, we'll see you on the next episode of the SFP Podcast. We're out. Bye. Bye.